This episode is brought to you in part by The Table Podcast from the Hendricks Center at Dallas Theological Seminary. I'm Daryl Bach, one of the hosts, and I invite you to join us as we discuss issues of God and culture, which includes anything and everything. Listen on your podcast app or at dts.edu slash the table. Hey friends, I'm back with a little follow-up on our story about Hanukkah. I ended our last story a little early because I thought it might be nice to finish on a high note. So here's a little podcast extra with the help of Bruce Gore, just in case you wanted to know the rest of the story. God is a genius storyteller, and the evidence of this is threaded throughout Scripture. In Christianity Today's new show, Holy Curiosity, with me, Kat Armstrong, we explore storied connections threaded throughout Scripture from the Old Testament to the New. Our first miniseries, Connecting Dinah and the Woman at the Well, welcomes experts like Drs. Tim Mackey and Diane Landberg to give us insight and context into the physical location and meaning of these two stories. These stories will spark holy curiosity in your own faith, because once you see these connections, you can't unsee them. God wastes no person, place, or thing. Listen and subscribe to Holy Curiosity with Kat Armstrong on your favorite podcast platform. So we stopped when the righteous Jewish people rededicated the temple. They recaptured Jerusalem, their most important city. Antiochus Epiphanes, the bad guy, died in battle. His brother Demetrius took control of his empire. All looked kind of rosy for the Jews. Well, it turns out that Judas Maccabees, the hammer, our hero we talked about last time, not the best boss. He was a conservative in the extreme. This would be sort of like, if you know the term Sharia law, on steroids. It was that kind of thing, you know. He was just vicious. He's ultra-conservative in his beliefs, like really strict. Remember there were two groups of Jewish people, conservatives like Judas and those who were a little loosey-goosey with their faith. They wanted to be in the cool Greek clique. Well, those Greek wannabes started talking to Demetrius, the leader of the empire, wanting help to lose this Judas guy because he was being too strict. Judas was killed in 161 in a battle. His brother Jonathan took over, now trying to use diplomacy, of all things. And believe it or not, Jonathan was appointed governor of Jerusalem by the Greeks, their enemies. See, Judas, sometimes diplomacy speaks a little louder than being uptight. In time, Simon, one of the other brothers in this influential family, was able to negotiate Jewish independence. See, that wasn't so bad. It all seemed pretty good. Except Jewish independence only lasted for two to three years. The Syrians took control again, nominated their own high priest, and started pagan worship in the temple again. Not the best outcome. The Greeks were eventually taken over by the Romans, and the Jews stayed under their control, with limited freedoms. In fact, when we meet up with them again, now in the New Testament, when Jesus appears, they are still under Roman rule. And this amazing family line ended up being corrupted. There are a few interesting ways to think about the Maccabean Revolt. We ended the last episode at a really high point. This band of conservative Jews was able to fight for what they believed in, for the right to worship how they saw fit, to 
lay claim to this land they considered holy. Pretty cool, right? That's one way to look at it. The other is that they were trying to manufacture a Messiah of their own. Some Jewish people in Jesus' time were surprised by him because they expected a strong military leader, someone to kick some Roman butt. Then in comes this kind of passive guy preaching about the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of Israel. He didn't set them free from their earthly masters, but from their slavery to sin. We're going to end here with Bruce Gore reading from John 10, 24. Jesus is at the festival of dedication, the holiday about this Maccabean victory. That's right, Jesus rocked Hanukkah. The festival of dedication was the time of year when people were most likely to be thinking about a military messiah, someone like Judas Maccabees. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. They were confused because Jesus kind of looked like their Messiah, minus the warlord thing. He's not what they expected. I'm going to let Bruce take it from here. Jesus answered and said, I have told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name testify to me, but you do not believe, because you do not belong to my sheep. I think what Jesus is saying here is, I have told you that I am the Messiah. But because I don't fit the mold of your expectations, you don't accept that. You want a Messiah after your image, when in fact what God is giving you as a Messiah cut from a very different mold. Now, if you were of my sheep, then you would recognize who I am because my works testify to my identity and all of these things are irrefutable. But because your blinders are still on, you don't see it. My lesson for all of us is simply that. We are Christian people, and yet even we can have a misguided and somewhat distorted idea of what the Messiah really is. And many times we want the Messiah to be something more of what we want, you know, who will solve the problems that we see as the most conspicuous problems in our lives, to get rid of the Romans in our lives that are troubling us right at the moment. We want the Messiah to be a Messiah of our making, to do our bidding, and I'm sorry to tell you, Christ doesn't come to do our bidding. He is the Messiah, and we are here to do His bidding. And so the question we need to ask ourselves as we come to this one who we indeed affirm is the Messiah is what would you have me do? And sometimes Christ will put us in tough situations, difficult, painful, hard situations where we might like a messianic, you know, rescuer. And he may say, no, I've got better things for you. I'm going to leave you right there. And then the task we have is to in faith and confidence, trust him. Thanks for listening to Truce. If you like what you hear, please consider sharing the show on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Bruce Gore's book is Historical and Chronological Context of the Bible. We've got links to his videos, bonus features, some transcripts, and more at trucepodcast.com. Merry Christmas and Happy Hanukkah to everybody. I'm Chris Sterren, and this is Truce.